let's see, let's see here. Uh, Darkom, Carcom, Barcom, Gar... I'm having a hard time coming up with a good pun for the communications and marketing group. Well, that doesn't matter because the owner is our guest this week on Small Business Celebration. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Dave Flivlis, the president, CEO, and founder of the Marcom Group. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you. For visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? Dave Plivlich, uh, Marcom Group, serial entrepreneur, um, past president of Petroleum Club Bakersfield for 13 years, uh, co-owner of Valley Ag Voice newspaper, uh, Marcom Group, web development, advertising marketing agency, used to own an ISP, doing D DSL and dial-up. Uh, so when are you going to do stuff. something? As soon as I find time. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're here with Dave Plivlich is because he has, he's definitely a fixture in the San Joaquin Valley. And he's done a lot of great things, especially in the world of marketing. But you've been doing the Marcon Group for how many years? Since uh, 98. 98. And I would think that technology's changed a little bit since you first started. Tad. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the industry like when you first started? Uh, well, I mean, I was around when computers first started getting used in, in uh, you know, the printing industry and in the, in the design world. Uh, when I started my company, literally there was uh, Mustang Software, which is what bulletin board, you know, message room What's type a bulletin stuff. board? What's yeah. a message room? I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was actually called. That might not be what it was called, but websites just didn't exist, you right. know. And uh, so it, one of those things, being at the right place at the right time, certainly was a big factor. Um, and, I, and I'm still blown away by that, you know, that I was actually, you know, it, there, you know, for right. one of those moments. You hear about those sure. moments, to actually being one, it was a different story. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, that was the big, that was a big change right there. So that was probably 96, and it, it got my wheels turning, and within two years, I quit my job and launched my company. You are self-taught in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Tell us the story about the class that you took to learn how to make a font type. Oh, way. that one, that one, that one. All right, all right. All right. So that, that was a light, a light speed technology. So they were teaching a class to, they, they contacted all the um, agencies in town and you know one of the graphic designers to teach them, here's how do you do, build a web page. And so I took this one day class, oh my God, it was funny, uh, you know, and learned how to make you know, your, your, your font bigger, make the background color change, and make the font blink. <laughs> <laughs> blink. Oh, geez. So, Welcome to the 1990s, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, the, the, the blinking type, you know, the animated GIFs. Uh, anyways, so I took that class on a Monday, 
and you know it was like four hour long or whatever and you know b b about midweek you know my boss the guy I was working for says well you know we got you know some clients that want websites <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so you know I, I think I alluded uh, last time I talked to you uh, I got a hold of my brother-in-law who worked for Adobe Systems at the time I'm like hey Jim how do they build websites up there in Silicon Valley? He goes, Notepad. Wait, wait. You're talking about the yellow piece of paper oh, that yeah, you write. <laughs> practically, practically. No, it was just, it just, just text. And so I, I found this software um, that you, you could like draw a box and, and then flip and look at the code and see you know what code was used to make that box. And uh, so I got a hold of the instructor from Lightspeed. I took the course from a Monday and I said, hey, I'm, I'm building this website and I gotta have it done by this Friday and I need to do a client-side image map. What, what? a client-side image map is, is so you've got this graphic and, and you could pinpoint on it, you know, if I click here, it's gonna go here. If I click here oh. and he goes, you're, you're, you're doing a, a an image map, there was two ways to do it. It was called client side, which was from the server, and I can't remember the other the other style of it. He goes, you just learned how to make type blink and bigger on Monday. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I still need to get this done. So I, I, I guess the, the, the moral of that story was really, you know, hurdles. You know, there, there, there's roadblocks out there you just have to figure out how to get around them. So my roadblock was I needed to, to do this image map and I had no clue how to do. I still needed to get on the other side of that roadblock. Right. And so it was like, all right, well, what do I need to do? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I did with that class. But, yeah, that was funny. So. <laughs> but this also led to something else that was very important because as you were developing the Marcon Group and building it, you suddenly had clients coming in wanting to get websites and you were primarily print media at the time. And, and how did that progress, because there was something very fundamental that shifted in the thinking of the way Monarchom Group hap did things once you started getting all that together. Yeah, so I, I my background was traditional advertising marketing. So graphic design, ads, uh, whether or not they were print ads, radio commercials, TV commercials, the creative, the, the design, creation of all that. Websites were different, and, and to be quite honest, I had been doing traditional stuff for so long, I got burned out. Uh, I really got, it, it wasn't, it was, especially with advertising because, you know, certain things that we were doing, um, you know, like uh, we were working for a cellular company, yeah. cellular phones, and so basically Bell South would come up with what the plan was on Monday right. in Atlanta, contact Bakersfield, say here's, here's what the offer's gonna be, we would find out by the afternoon or Tuesday morning, we'd have to develop whatever creative concepts we were gonna do to promote it, get that approved, Bakersfield, <laughs> Atlanta. Back to Atlanta. You got approval, now you gotta create that stuff, Wednesday. Uh, and like for a newspaper ad, the California, you had to have that stuff into the paper by Thursday at five o'clock or Friday morning to be in the paper by Saturday and Sunday. Come Monday, rinse and repeat. Wow, that will burn somebody out. out. You know, it, it, you know. So the website stuff was like, "Ooh, this is new. This is refreshing. This, this is this, this is different." Right. Um, and and I found I could apply my knowledge from my traditional experience to this. Right. 
And keep in mind, back in those days, it was computer scientist students that were building websites because oh, it involved a computer. Right. And and so I, I and I we we'd actually had hired somebody um, from Montana, and he left. You know, he was with us for about a year or two, and then went down south. And he's like, "Dave, you got to get into this website stuff." I'm like, "Why?" And he goes, "Because computer scientists are building web pages. They don't need to be. It needs <laughs> it needs designers. It needs the the experience of." You know, we didn't use the terms uh, user interface or, or user experience at that time, but that's what it needed. It, it right. needed somebody that, that could look at that and, and engage the, the user. And uh, so, yeah, I jumped into that. But we realized by 2007, the staff that I had and the expertise, because back then when I started, you had to design it, you had to build it, and you, know, you had to do all that yourself. Right. And so we'd gotten to a point where, no, we have a designer that's focusing on design. We've got a developer that's coding that's focusing on that. So we got a copywriter that's writing the content, you know, in, in all, you know, all those pieces. Um, we decided, well, their background, they all came from traditional stuff, so why don't we come full circle be a full service advertising agency. So we started with web and then became full service. Back when I started, full service did everything right. except web. They outsourced websites. So I kind of came in through the back door of it. And uh, But there's something else incredibly important. Here's in the all philosophy this. part. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into philosophy later. <laughs> this is the security blanket of the whole thing. You own your own servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a big deal, especially if you're the client, you're the business owner, and your entire business, the face, the front door, everything about your business is your website. Tell us why you owning your servers is so important. A, a little bit of it was probably a lot of it. it it's a control factor. Mm -hmm. I control my situation. I, I don't. Um, I don't rely on somebody else for that. Uh, I could have outsourced, and, and many times through the years, I would get somebody working for me that goes, "Hey, we can save money if we outsource this, and and, and you know, put this in the hands of this other company." And, and you know, it, it got to the point where it was like, "Okay, um, go run the numbers and, and get back to me every every time." Two weeks later. Uh, yeah, we've got the best solution going on. <laughs> Wasted two weeks doing it, but but it was that it was it was for my peace of mind as well as my client's peace of mind. How so? Um, if there was an issue, I don't have to contact. Uh, I'm not even going to say their name. Um, go Laddie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't uh, have to go to a third party. The sure. client doesn't have to contact me, and then we contact them, and we sit and wait. They contact me, and it's done. You know, I, I, all my stuff is in a very secure location in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm riding on the shoulders of giants down there because I mean, I'm, in, I'm where Level Three Communication is, Sprint, AOL, um, one, 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 one Communications. Uh, I'm there, so. If something goes wrong, there is bigger people than me making phone calls. So I, I, I sleep at night, and my clients sleep at night. You know, I mean, for us with a website going down, I mean, it's extremely important. That's a brick. I mean, it's like a brick and mortar business going. Hey, we're shutting down your your right. front door here for the next however long. Right. Um, same thing with email. I mean, you know, clients don't get email. Something's wrong. It, it didn't used to be that way, but now even more so, it's right. even more important. It, it, because, well, look what we've done with COVID. 
more and more of us are virtual, but more and more of us don't have brick and mortar locations. I shut my brick and mortar location because I, we're 100% digital, 100%. We still do our in-person meetings with clients uh, that want that, uh, but it, it, it's peace of mind. And again, probably control. I control that situation and I'm not relying on anybody else, which my clients get the benefit to tap into that when they contact us, we got your back. We got your back. You don't have to think twice again about that. So We're going to talk in the next segment about something that Dave just alluded to, which is working remotely. And we are not sh recording this at an office for a good reason. But before we do that, if visionaries want to get in touch with you, Dave, how do they do that? Website. <laughs> Imagine that a website. Imagine that. Imagine and that. And what no. is the website? Uh, Themarcomgroup.com. So T H E M A R C O M, which Marcom is marketing communications, and then group.com. Dot com. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. As you know, the comments are very important to Small Business Celebration. And when we come back, we're going to talk about. How do you do remote work without having to babysit your, your clients and, more importantly, babysitting your employees? When we come, right back. California's CalSavers program due date of June 30th is just around the corner. And if you don't have a retirement plan set up for your employees by then, you could be in real trouble. Fortunately, you have options. You also have a contact that will help you and your business with your best intentions in mind. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com and discover what plans she can help you with that will keep you in compliance and provide for a better future for your employees. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661 322-5204, that's 661-322-5204, or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com today. Debbie Sharpentier is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer member SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. Sharpentier Wealth Strategies is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors, CRN-4200694-011822. I'm here with Dave Plidlish, the founder and president and CEO of the Marcom Group. And our visionary question comes from Rihanna who asks, our business has gone completely virtual, but we are having a hard time with worker productivity. What do you do to ensure that your employees get their work done without having to micromanage them? Constant communication, for sure. Uh, well, I... I <clears throat> You know, I, I remember the early days of the, of the pandemic and, you know, there, there's there's some people that, that need to be with other people. And they'll tell you, I'm more, I, I, I can't wake up in the morning and just start working. I got to be in an office space amongst other people. And, 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 and there's so, there, that exists for sure. But when you're going 100% virtual, those people that work like that, and they, they, they can't, 
I mean, so there's no longer brick and mortar place for you to go. So even though but they need that social interaction, they need that, they need that social interaction. So you know, for us, one of the things that, that helped us was a, a you know we've always in my business. I mean, as far back as you know, AOL Instant Messenger. I think there was a couple of ones. Who, who's AOL? AOL. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, America, America, you've got mail. Um, you've got but, mail. But yeah. even with the staff, like our, our production team was always in creative team. We we're always in the same room. So they communicate with that. So we were already experienced in that. And we, we're, we're Slack users right now. Um, and that may change. But it's, they're, so they're constantly communicating. It's just now they're further apart. They're not in the same room. You know, they're, and, and again, there was, there was some adjusting in the beginning because some of us adapted well to it some some of my team struggled with it a little bit you know right. it it's uh, trying to work from home and if you got kids or animals or, or whatever it, it, there was that that growing pain of okay how do i adapt? what's acceptable what's not acceptable. yeah it, it, well it's, yeah but then how do i adapt mm -hmm. to that so the issue is you know, there's a lot of noise going on, okay? And so we had a discussion about that, an open discussion, even with 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 more than one team member because this person's struggling with a little bit. These two or three are doing it successfully. So let's discuss it as a group. How do you make it work so maybe you can get something out of this and make it work for you? And, and so there was some shifting and adjusting that. Uh, we do still, as a team, you know, obviously we're filming from my house. Um, this is my, my old conference room table. Uh, you know, but my team gets together once a month and, and we just get here to eat together and laugh and just catch up and bond being back in the same room together. But, and like for us weekly, um, my team meets without me, um, maybe to talk about me and <laughs> talk behind your back. Talk behind my back. But but no, it's that open forum for them. And so they'll talk discuss different projects or or just discuss life in general, what's going on with them. And then I'll meet with my project managers after that meeting. And then but we're constantly in communication. So like I say uh, a designer's working on something and he designed a logo or an ad and I need to review it. Slack me and I you know here's the proof. I, I need to talk to you about this set a you know a google meet we use that instead of uh um uh, zoom or you know microsoft teams but there's a lot of there's sure. options out there and i'll just say i'll set that and i'll slack the link to them and now we're online we're talking hey let's talk about this and i'll pull up my screen and this is what i think should go here and, and then you're back at it so in an odd way we're actually in more communication than we were when we were all there at the brick and mortar location I mean, it just, it really, really works. Clients like it too. They've adapted. I mean, I remember the first few uh, uh, Zoom meetings. For the first few Zoom meetings, you know, you, you got this older generation sales right. guy with this company and I'm still struggling on how to do this. Well, ain't we all? You know, but but, <laughs> sure, but sure. once they all got over that curve, we found it was actually made them more productive. They liked it and, and we like it. You know, the thing with these two is, it records all the audio, so now I got notes. Now we can go notes. back through that script of the conversation, and we're not missing anything. So in a way, it made us a lot more productive. One of the things you brought up that's, that's important on this is that you intentionally have a meeting with your staff, and you're not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Why is this important? Um, a, you've got to empower your staff, mm. and, and that does that. Um, you know, it, it's tough as a leader. As a leader, we tend to want to take over the conversations and lead it the way we want it to go. Mm. I pull myself out of that because I find myself doing that. I'll, I'll jump in, I'll take over the conversation, and, and you know, and, and you, you can't do that. As a leader, you... If you're going to be a good leader, you can't do that. You've got to let them do their thing, and uh, it makes us better. I mean, there's one reason why you know it's the Marcom Group and not Dave's web pages that could have easily been <laughs> the decision in 1998. And but it was the Marcom Group was me. My vision was the group. Sure, <laughs> right, right. You know, right. and I was going to get there, come hell or high water. I was going to get to a group, and so. Um, and that's what we are. I mean, we're, we're a group, we're a great team. You gotta just sh <laughs> shut, shut your mouth and step out and let them, go, let them do their thing too, you know. One of the things that you also mentioned is that there was a period where we were all adjusting to Zoom and we're trying to figure out, you know, you know, is the camera on? Can you hear me? <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, my my favorite one is this great glare of the window that's that just floods out the whole camera, so you can't see anything. And, can, can you see me? No, but we can hear you. And then, of course, the dog in the backyard, and you know, and of course, the serendipitous you know child that comes walking through asking for, hey, mom, do you have any milk? Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we 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 remember those days yeah. but this is all part of a growing period and this is yeah. also part of tripping and falling as yeah. you had mentioned before what are some of the things that you have taken away over the last 20 plus years that you've owned the Marcom group that is part of that tripping and falling and growth that you've experienced that has helped you become the Rolls-Royce of the marketing industry don't sweat the small stuff to a point, but also don't tolerate substandard. So, <clears throat> just to kind of roll back to that whole team thing and working remotely and the online stuff, it used to be that was your kids coming into the, you know, we're in a meeting right now and your kids coming up and doing that. It was like, that. that's unprofessional. Now, you know, when's Justin? It's like, no, I got a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a you know, juice box. <laughs> you buy your deal. Yeah, but that's life. You know, so you I, you don't sweat that kind of stuff. Um, I do find being I don't want to say politically correct. In fact, we had we had a conversation last night at my uh, my wine tasting group. So I've been I have been in a wine tasting group been meeting since two thousand five and. Our careers and lives and watching how we've evolved over the past, how many years is that? You know, 18, 17 years? Sure, sure. Um, we were talking about an interaction with uh, um, clients and um, my one buddy was talking about an interaction with a, uh, a consultant that he was dealing with. He was dealing with this person who realized their level of competency wasn't what they thought. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, and it was obvious to him. And, you know, but he had to figure out how to phrase that and communicate his concerns without going, 
You don't know what you're doing, do you? It, it, because he still was going to have to work with that person. So he had, he had to sit back, think about how am I going to approach this conversation, I, 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 empower and embrace, but get my point across that, hey, you step up your game. You, you, you think you're here, but, you're, but you need to be up here. And, and what can I do to help kind of get you there? I've got to be able to communicate to a client the same type of thing. So I've got to be very blunt. And back in the day, I'd be cautious because I don't want to offend. Mm. But then I reached that point in my life where I went, you know what? You're not paying me to be soft. You're paying me for my expertise and for me to be brutally honest with you. If not, then I'm not being effective. And what are you paying me for? What, what did you really need my help for? So right. the client also has to be able to accept that. Mm. But again, you have to sugarcoat a little bit. There's right. a proper way to, to deliver that message, but... For those of us that are introverts, and, okay. and social skills are everything that we learn, because they don't come to us in, intuitively. You thought that's what you were. Well, I am. It's just I've had you know, 30 years of being kicked in the teeth to learn otherwise. But how, how did you learn how to do that, to, that, that, how to sugarcoat it, but not make it sacred? And, but still get the point across without making it too painful. Because I realized that's what I needed and wanted. Mm. I, I, I needed that. I, I needed people to be that way with me. Mm. Um, and once they, you're not helping anybody by not doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, I, I need honesty. I need somebody to say, and, and through the different businesses and organizations that I've been involved with over the years, I need that. You know, because if, if if one person will say, hey, do you realize the way you're approaching this? And, you know, how many aren't saying it? So go to a restaurant. You got bad service. How many times do we, oh, this tastes awful. Server comes up. How is it? Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we done that? Right. We, we do it. It's yeah. just a natural reaction. But as a business owner, they want to know, as a business owner, I want to know, the, the server needed to know. The chef, the cook in the back needs to know. Right. Because if you don't say, well, this wasn't, this wasn't very good, and it was, it was dry. Right. Well, that means the next person that ordered it is probably going to be great. If I didn't say something, the next order is going to get what I just got, and now all of a sudden you get, you're increasing that circle of people are going, don't go there. <laughs> You know, please tell me, tell me, no matter how it may hurt, you, you've got to get thick skin. You've got to get thick skin and go, all right, but be, please tell me what am I doing wrong so I can fix it. So. When we come back, we're going to talk about risky investments from somebody who is doing one. The reason we're here with Dave Privilege, the president, CEO, and founder of the Marcom Group is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They wanted to find out about remote work and how do you do it successfully without babysitting your employees. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and let us know what you'd like to learn about. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Dave Plivlitz, the president, founder, CEO of the Marcon Group. And our visionary question comes from Jim, who asks, we feel very fortunate that our business has done well during COVID. We're looking to diversify it to other businesses. 
My partner has brought up a couple businesses that are for sale, but they seem very risky. How do you differentiate between a bad investment and a seemingly risky venture that may not be too bad? Don't try to figure out everything yourself. Bring okay. in experts. Uh, you know, so you, you want, you know, if you're not like a numbers person, get the numbers, have your CPA or another business owner that is, you know, I've got buddies that that's they live by the numbers. Right. Get that in front of them so they can do that part of the assessment. Um, if you're good at kind of reading people and can do that, if not, get somebody else that can. You know, don't try to do everything yourself and assess the whole thing oh. yourself. Uh, but definitely, you, know, you want to look at the team. You want to look at, you know, is that part of the problem? I mean, you've got some toxic weeds that are working at that business, that could be a big part of that problem, which is making that a risky investment. Oh. Um, same thing with the numbers. If they don't know the numbers, you know, are, are they operating in a negative because they're, I, I've seen businesses do that. They'll, they'll, they'll try to undercut everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so I look, I look, you use me, look how much money you're saving. Well, there's a reason why everyone else is charging the number they are because you need profit. Right. Because, oops, wait, you're out of business. You only started last year. Guess that cheap price didn't really work <laughs> out for you, did it? Yeah, but I'll yeah. make it up on volume. <laughs> oh, dear God, yeah, I'll make it up on volume. There you go, there you go. Yeah. But you yourself have taken on what some might argue is a risky investment. Which one? I, I've had risky investments, absolutely. I, I, abso absolutely. I've also had successful ones. Uh, that's part of it's, it, entrepreneurs. That, that's a seed that, that's in there when we have no control over that. Um, <laughs> so what you do is you embrace that and go, those are going to be learning experiences. Absolutely. You're going to fall. You're going you're gonna to trip and you're going to scuff your knees. Do you just lay there and go, well, I tried? Or do you stand back up? And go, okay, what did I do wrong there? Um, and what am I not going to do wrong moving forward? And, and any entrepreneur will tell you that. And again, if, if you're not tripping and falling here and there and, and having some failures, then you're definitely not doing it right. You're not trying hard enough because you, you have to. And you can read in a book and you can get advice from others. And it's always good to do that. I mean, always get advice. I mean, you know, it, it, no one's reinventing the wheels around here. But there's some stuff where you have to absolutely experience it for yourself. It doesn't matter if they say, be careful, watch out for this. You're like, ah, whatever. You know, kids, you know, your kids, yeah. you know, don't touch that. It's hot. Well, now we know. <laughs> now, now we know, don't we? Sure. You know, and it didn't matter how many times, don't touch that. It's hot. We, we had to, as human beings, go, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, um, we had to, we have to. And in business, that, that is something you, you absolutely have to do. You, you have to do. But you have to learn from those mistakes and not repeat those mistakes. But some might argue in this digital age that buying a newspaper <laughs> is a risky investment. That's awesome, honey. You loop that back in there. Yeah. All right. So what he's alluding to is in 2019, and not 2009, that's a different year. 2019, uh, 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 well, actually one of the guys from my wine group. Right. 
um, known him forever, came to me and said, hey, Dave, you want to buy a newspaper? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not just no, but no. No, no it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a quick no. Um, Valley Ag Voice is what we're talking about here. It was called Kern County Valley Ag Voice. And he said, well, hold on. Listen to me. I'm like, all right, whatever. We're going to talk about a newspaper here. And this was back when, you know, the big newspapers were shutting down. Right. It's just yeah, like, why would I want to do that? Um, he said, it's been flying under the radar. Uh, it's got a very targeted demographic. And it's been around since, what, 2013, I think, is when it started. Yeah, 2013. And I'm like, all right. So I started asking colleagues, again, don't make decisions by yourself investigate look look that risky investment look ask and so i started asking people you know hey have you ever heard of this paper yeah yeah i have I, you know i don't know how i got on the mailing list i'm not a, you know it's geared towards uh farmers ranchers and dairy producers this guy clearly is not any of those and he goes i got on the mailing list he goes but i read it cover to cover it's got good information and blah, i enjoy it and and i started getting that consistently from people i was talking to and i'm like all right all right, all right. So I went back to um, him, and we actually have a third partner, and he's also in our wine group. So there seems to be a pattern with this wine group. I think I, that's a group I want to join. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it, it's funny. We, we it, 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 it's supposedly centered on the wine. It ain't about the wine, man. It, it, it's about that group, that friendship, that that network. Uh, just. It's a bunch of group of friends that have been growing up together, you know, right. and, and, and I'm, I'm part of different groups of that. And, th and they are too. I mean, you know, they've got, we've got this group. These guys have this in this group, you know, right. but anyway, so, uh, I gotta, I gotta do shout outs, right? So Kyle Jones, okay. he's an attorney here in town. Right. If you ever need a trust or personal injury stuff, Kyle's your guy. And then Russell Johnson, he's my other partner. And so I went back to Russell and I said, well, What's the guy wanting for? And he, he tells him the number, and he goes, all right. And he goes, so we split it three ways. I'm like, all right. What's their website like? And he goes, they don't have a website. I'm in. <laughs> uh, so, so the resounding quick no, no thought, the, the no website, I'm in. Um, so we rebranded it, and it's been doing really well. Uh, it, it's got a long road to go, but uh, you know it, things happen very rapidly for us on it. Um, we didn't make changes right away, and, and that's another thing. If, if you know you're talking about risky investments or, or, or investments, I mean, so when you made that choice to do this other company or do this other thing, don't rush in and make crazy changes. Let the dust settle a little bit. You know, get attuned to you know who our riders were what you know what did we want to keep what did we want to change so we want to give that we didn't want to shake that tree right away right. we shook it faster than what we said we were going <laughs> to but um but that's what we did and so you know we rebranded it we were going to develop a website by the first quarter of 2020 that didn't happen <laughs> i i did it, it bugged me i'm like we, we, we got to have a website well so within two months had a website uh again we rebranded it we got really good at what we do and the content got a lot better. Um, we got to the point by the end of 2019 that the Kern County Farm Bureau, they also had a publication. Okay. They came to us and said, this, this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. yeah, as, we <laughs> as we know. As we know. But again, you know, the fortunate thing with, with us is, you know, like me and Russell laugh about it all the time. We both think we have the hardest job. 
you know, like, God, you got the layout and doing all this. And I'm like, dude, and you're writing? I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. And he's all, I wouldn't want to do that, you know? So again, find, find your niche. But it, uh, so the, the, the Farm Bureau said, look, let's work out a deal. Give us a page in your paper for our Farm Bureau news to our members and we'll give you our mailing list. All right, all right. So we did that. So by 20, January 2020, so six months later, we almost doubled our subscribership wow. overnight. So it's a win-win for them. Um, it's a win-win for us. And one of the other things that you also did, and you pointed it out very early on, is it the name of the newspaper was Kern Valley. Kern County Valley Ag Boys. And yeah. you changed it to? Valley Ag Boys, yeah. Why? Growth. We, we didn't want to limit ourselves. Why would you want to do that? There was, uh, and I, I've seen that through the years. Um, there was a group back in, I was probably 20, 21. Um, they came out with, you know, Bakersfield Girls Calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, the only people that are going to buy that are people from Bakersfield. Right. So you, you, you just, you just hamstring yourself by doing that, you know? Right. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? Just the overall excitement of what could transpire for the day. I How mean, so? I, you know, it's funny. I have had this conversation with, with uh, a few of my close friends lately. Sleeping has sort of become a pain in my side. You know, it's like, oh, day's done. I have to, I have to go to sleep now. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I don't use an alarm clock. I usually wake up about four in the morning and I'll read for an hour or so. And I've been doing this for past four or five years at least. Um, read for an hour or so and I'll go back to sleep for about an hour or so and then get up and go about my day. Like clockwork, it doesn't matter if I go to bed at 10, 10.30, 11, 1.30 in the morning. I wake up at 4 a.m. All right, let's go. <laughs> sure. Let's get it started. So, uh, but that, it, no, it's that excitement, that energy of, of, of what I got going on, what, what, what exciting things are going to happen today, and opportunities I'm going to have to get to tackle or face, issues that I may want to tackle or face. Uh, I think I told you one other time when we were doing this uh, interview, uh, I don't like the word problem. You know, I like issue. It's an issue. It's it's solvable, but you gotta breathe deep and figure out how you're gonna solve that issue. Because you can't close your eyes and wish it can go away. I mean, I, I had some issues over the past couple of years. Man, some serious stuff that I, I would have loved to have laid in bed, covers pulled over my head, praying, whatever you want to call it, that it would go away. The reality is, you open those eyes, it's still there. It has to be addressed, no matter what. And for business owners, you run into that quite a bit. You know, it's just, you have to do it. So rip off that Band-Aid and, and, and tackle it. And that, that's, that's for leaders and anybody else, my team. You know, I mean, it, it, everybody needs to look at things that way and just go, all right, all right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, the marcomgroup.com, my website, uh, our website, T-H-E-M-A-R-C-O-M-G-R-O-U-P.com. 
And after you get to know me for a while, you'll get my cell phone number. You can call me anytime. <laughs> it's 97655. <laughs> well, Dave, this has been a real privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thanks for having me. And I'll be right back with my final thought. California's CalSavers program due date of June 30th is just around the corner. And if you don't have a retirement plan set up for your employees by then, you could be in real trouble. Fortunately, you have options. You also have a contact that will help you and your business with your best intentions in mind. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com and discover what plans she can help you with that will keep you in compliance and provide for a better future for your employees. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661 662- 322-5204. That's 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com today. Debbie Sharpentier is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer member SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. Sharpentier Law Strategies is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors, CRN-4200694-011822. Improving the world around you. Several years ago, my wife's sewing machine broke down and I took it to a repair store to have it fixed. And after it was repaired, I was talking with the business owner who told me the story of Garrett Morgan. Now, Garrett Morgan was an African-American who was born in rural Kentucky in the late 1800s. And he lived to see the early 1940s. And he, as a boy, left to go see the big city of Cincinnati, Ohio, and later moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And one of the things about Garrett was he was a tinkerer. He loved to tinker with things and fix things and whatnot. But he also had another key important trait. He also hired a tutor to keep up his education so that he could learn things and discover things and improve himself in what he knew. So much so that he ended up opening up his own sewing repair shop, fixing and repairing sewing machines. His business grew and became very successful and he did a whole variety of things for his community. But one of the things that he noticed changed the world as we know it. One day, he was sitting at a major traffic intersection, and he noticed that with all the horses and carriages and bicycles and pedestrians, there just seemed to be nothing but utter confusion in this intersection. And he thought, there has got to be a better way. And he did. He came up with a three-color system. Stop, yield, and go. The precursor to the modern traffic light. As your business grows and becomes more successful, take a look out your window. Take a look out your door. Maybe the way you change the world is right there in front of you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Dave Plivlich, the president, founder, and CEO of the Marcon Group. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week.
Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.